Hello, greetings. Welcome to the broadcast. I'm your host today, Maggie Cavanaugh, and we are here today on Keys to Your Best Life with the amazing Tawana Murray. And I'm telling you, this woman is the full package. I met her years ago at a uh, faith-based recovery meeting, and I was so impressed what God has done in her life and how she shares that with others. And she is here today uh, to just give you some encouragement and maybe share a little bit of her story. We'll go into that. But the most you need to know is that the Lord has been center in her life and everything that she has gone through, he has taken all those broken pieces and used for his good and for his glory. So Tawanda, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you for having me, Maggie. I'm so thankful that you have the time to be here today because I do believe people need to hear some encouragement. And I know, you know, looking at your bio, and I do encourage you viewers, if you're watching this, um, I'm just going to read a little bit of it. If you're watching this on Creative Motion Network, because you won't have the bio there, but on social media, you will. But she's a presenter for the National Alliance of uh, Mental Health, which is NAMI, uh, and, and is also a certified peer recovery spe specialist for the state of Tennessee. Uh, she holds, or uh, let's see here. She holds a certificate for recovery practices as well as CPSS training and leading and coaching for supervisors. Uh, she is a Nashville Community Advisor Board, served for uh, Blue Care Behavioral Health uh, Ad Adversary Regional Board in Nashville, Knoxville, Memphis, Chattanooga. Girl, you get all over the state. <laughs> And it goes on and on and on, but she has got a long-term recovery uh, story, and she founded, she is the founder of I Am Recovery. So, Tawanda, tell us about I Am Recovery, how that started, and, uh, and all about it. Well, I Am Recovery was founded because I'm a person in long-term recovery myself, someone that focuses from changes, chances, and outcomes of life. So, I found myself uh, in active addiction. And uh, the I stayed in it so long, I think I got a medical degree in it, you know, in an active addiction. But uh, I knew that my life was not destined to be that way, and I wanted to see change. So I started with myself. I started mm -hmm. uh, reaching out to people for treatment centers. I went to treatment, and then I just decided to get involved and found an easier, softer way for this to happen. What I found out, though, was the recovery family is just like, a birth family. It, it, they stand there for you. I'm not going to say I got it right off the start, but I kept coming back until the doors finally opened. In my trajectories, I knew that I was not the only person that focused or, or was sustainable in that dis-ease. You like say disease, but it is a dis-ease. It diseases you from yourself. So I uh, put together a program, a recovery program, and that's what we utilize today. And the name of the program is called I Am Recovery. I love that. I love that. And so you did that, what, how many years ago? About four years ago? Five? How long ago was that? Uh, I, I put the program together in 2015. It passed scrutiny in the drug court. And so I became a nonprofit for the agency in 2018. Wow, what a process. So mm -hmm. I know people in drug court certainly can benefit from that. Do you... Um, do you find that the courts are more open now than they were several years ago, maybe when you were in active recovery? Yes, they really are. Uh, I was just on a Zoom last week with one of the judges from Austin, Texas. It's amazing to see how many people are open to this now. You know, we've always been embedded with the stigma of addiction, but now we have people that are willing to help us because, you know, we're in an epidemic state in this nation. So we have to find solutions that are sustainable for people to stay active in their recovery. I so believe that. And that is part of the reason. And that's actually how I met you is because I am so passionate about uh, recovery because of my own story many years ago when I was caught in addiction and bound up with all of that. And it took so much. But I'll tell you, my a lot of my freedom 
did not come until I totally surrendered to the Lord. And so with that being said, I know for those of you watching and you're outside of the region, Tennessee is so concerned about the um, opiate epidemic, the addictive disorder uh, problem that we have here and in many other states that they started the faith based initiative. Mm -hmm. So I know that has been a huge blessing. What's your thoughts on bringing faith into the recovery movement? If it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, where would I be? I definitely had to grab a hold. You know, I tried to do it in my own strength the many years that I tried to quit. And I knew, you know, the, the program talks about a higher power, you know, a God of our understanding. And so that led me to find out who, who the Lord himself was, you know, and, and even being who I am, I had to take that and rewind because when the Lord first called me to walk for him, I started physically walking around my park. And I mean, I'm serious. I was walking for like two weeks and I explained that to someone and they started laughing and she said, no, he means with all areas of your life. So I get that today because, you know, without without something outside of yourself, it's hard to get to where you need to be. And so the Lord is who I, I know sustains us all from whatever we have. I surrendered to him and that's what kept me on the path. Wow. I love that. I love that. And now here you are working with other people as well and your program is helping to change lives. So can you share a little bit about your testimony and how you found yourself in recovery? I, I'm, I'm, I'm a very compassionate person. I love people and you know, it was a little bit, I'm analytical. So I was analyzing how I thought, uh, my family, uh, my mother and my family reaction was with me. And so I was assuming one thing, like I say, mind reading. And I uh, found out later on it wasn't like that. But, you know, I'm the type of person to go just to any list to help anybody that I can. And I allowed myself to get pushed into a corner where I felt like, well, does anybody ever really care about me? You know, I got the poor me's. And so I just like, you know, I said, well, look, this is, I've had enough of this side. I'm just going to try it to where I don't have to be anybody. I don't have to give anything. I'll just settle out. That settling out led me to addiction. And um, when I got in there, of course, I realized that was not the lifestyle that I wanted to live either. And so it became an uphill battle, you know, running in and running out, running in and running out with no stability. But again, I wasn't picking up the necessary tools to be to, to become sustainable, being around the right uh, the right people, places and things, as we say. And even in the Lord says, walk not with the counsel of the ungodly. So we must find a measure where we can be lifted up, you know. And the thing about it is, is the depression, the guilt and the shame kept me there longer than I wanted to stay. And, you know, I ended up uh, with a mental health diagnosis, which today I'm blessed to say I don't take any medication, you know, but that is because I've had to find out my value, who I was and what had me there. And it was overanalyzing everything. It wasn't working on me. It was looking outside of who I was for the things that I needed. Wow. Wow. So would you say that on the uh, before you started into addiction that you were maybe a little codependent because you cared about other people and stuff or or no? I, I would say. I'm not going to say codependent. I'm going to say I ran so fast that I didn't notice that I that I was cared for. You know, I was just so, you know, just wanted to help everybody. This this help, but it's part of my nature. And so what I had to do was take that and put it into a, a measure that was beneficial to others, not to harm to myself. So we kind of work it together today. That is absolutely amazing. And, you know, I, I also many years ago was diagnosed with ADHD and I don't take any medication either. And I'm not saying that, you know, here is when we say this, we're not saying go quit your medication, but we're saying that sometimes we learn things over the years to help us get through things. And so mm -hmm. for me, I had to learn to kind of 
And that was a lot of the reason I used is mm -hmm. because I was trying to feel different. And mm -hmm. back then when I was growing up, they didn't know about ADHD and they didn't know, you know, I was just a busy kid. And mm -hmm. so I, I used, you know, marijuana to slow me down and then pain, you know, medication to yeah. slow me down and, you know, popping pills to calm mm -hmm. me down. Cause I was always like, ah. and so, and then later on in my addiction, I ended up uh, using, you know, cocaine because of the mm -hmm. fact that, it stimulated me like Ritalin would have, like the medication would have, it mimicked that. And I got caught in that cycle. Mm -hmm. So I think that you're absolutely 100% right when you talk about the guilt, the shame and the mm -hmm. condemnation and staying mm -hmm. there. I know I was mm -hmm. stuck, stuck for many years. I bet you see this a lot with the people that you work with. Yeah, I, I, I do. It's just a point of, you know, with me, it, most anything that happens in life is a factor of something that happened before. And yep. when you mask it, when you continue to cover up all those things, you know, I would do something and hide it and whatever. You cannot live like that. The word of God tells us don't be in the middle. And it was like being in the middle in the daytime. I could, you know, be out in the sunlight at night. I was doing the wrong, the, you know, the wrong parts of life. And it just does not add up. You cannot be stagnant in the middle. But again, we have the trauma and the underlying issues. If people can peel back that onion one layer at a time, I promise you that it's a start to being to becoming a better you. I believe that 100%. I actually take an onion and cut it in half when I'm teaching on the layers <laughs> of all the trauma and the drama and the things that happen to us. And then we just try to cover up and we, you know, everybody tells us, well, just pull up your bootstraps and be strong and move on. But if you do not put things in their proper place, those things mm -hmm. will come back. It reminds me of the story of, you know, um, Lot, you know, even though Lot, you know, was in a bad situation in the Bible, but he got near to some stuff. And, you mm -hmm. know, what you get near to, you get into. And if you are in the wrong place with the wrong people doing the wrong things, you're going to get wrong results. Do you find yeah, that to yeah. be true? I, I definitely do. You know, Maggie, I, I write a lot. And so when, when you look around, you know, the reason I named the program I Am Recovery is because we recover from something every day. Most people, yes. when they hear the name of my program, they say drugs, alcohol. No, it's from that question you just asked. It's from not, you know, you got to communicate things. You got to understand where people are and you got to meet them. There. You can't make anybody be anybody else, but you can help them be a value to themselves. Oh, wow. And you know what? You said something a while ago, really important that I want to elaborate on. You were talking about when you found out who you were and your identity. Uh, mm -hmm. And and so it is incredibly important for people to know their value. And I think a lot mm -hmm. of times, uh, especially when the door is open to substance abuse or even like you said, anger or porn mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, shopping addiction, food addiction. Mm -hmm. I mean, the list goes on and on. And a lot of people will say, well, I, at least I don't do drugs or at least yeah. I'm not doing this, but yet they justify their stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we are all recovering from something. Uh, I like to call it life recovery. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, from one day, from one day to the next. That's exactly right. And different seasons. I know for me, I found myself because early in life, I had the drug abuse and then it went to codependency and then it went to, um, you know, overachieving. I was addicted to that. You know, I couldn't get enough education, couldn't get enough, couldn't climb that ladder fast enough and all of these things. And it all starts right here as taking our thoughts captive, because if we don't learn to do that, we are just, we will get pulled a sway to all kinds of directions. I heard I heard a guy one time I was in a meeting and he said uh, one side of his mind sells BS and the other side buys it. I definitely get that because, you know, if you think negative, then life's going to be negative. If you think positive, it's going to be positive. You know, there's every day. It's not going to be a good day. 
but there's good in every day. It's twofold. There is good in every day. You just have to find it. Whatever, whatever uh, mishap you have in that day, look past it. You know, you, you just got, if you can't work it out, then it's not for you to work out. You just have to go on, but you cannot hold on to it. You got to find somewhere to empty your trash. You just, you must do that. Oh yeah. Empty the trash. Amen. Yeah. Do that brain dump. Uh, pull, pull it all out. And I think a lot of times the people don't realize they get in that victim mentality, especially mm -hmm. those of us that have a whole lot of ACEs. And for those of you who don't know what ACEs are, they're mm -hmm. adverse childhood experiences that affect us and they yeah. mold us. And it's how we perceive the world around us. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy when you've got a lot of those to uh, be a victim. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so how can people to want to break out of the victim cycle? Work on your inner self. You know, mm -hmm. I, I love writing. Uh, I get a goal list. I put the thing. Or, or should I say, let's change that up. I'll say if I have a circumstance, that's a negative circumstance. I go back and I, I review it and I say, what could have happened if I would have looked at it, if I would viewed the situation different? What pros and cons can I use for the next time the situation happens? You know, they say that life is 90 percent. Of what, uh, of what happens to you and 10% of how you handle it. And that I find to be true. It's, you know, it's how you handle situations. I mean, I, one of those people that could get scrambled all out of sorts, rushing and raving, but I have to come back and say like, like being late, if I'm going to be late, I know what time to leave. And then you jump out in traffic and you're mad because the traffic is not going fast enough for you. Or, you know, you, and you don't know what that person's experienced, whether they got an emergency they got to go to. But it's not what happens to you. Again, it's how you handle it. And so reviewing the situations works wonders. Wow, that's so true. Absolutely. And I love what you said about the inner work, because, you know, the Bible talks about the inner man. It talks mm -hmm. about spirit, soul and body and our soulless mm -hmm. realm in our mind and our will and our emotions. That's mm -hmm. where we get stuck. We get stuck with soul wounds of trauma from past and and the, mm -hmm. our wrong thought life and the things that we ingest and mm -hmm. and regurgitate and justify. And I love what you said, because I have found myself doing that, you know, getting agitated because I'm running light because I made the choice to go have another cup of coffee. Coffee instead of getting the car when I was supposed to, you know, those type of things. Mm -hmm. And so when we shift things and look at the, uh, from the lens mm -hmm. of uh, gratitude, I think yes. it yes. is a major thing that mm -hmm. transformed my life. Being mm -hmm. grateful. I remember mm -hmm. one day, not too long ago, and I, I ended up coming home and posted on Facebook because I was sitting in my car and I was so frustrated because I could see nothing but traffic all mm -hmm. the way on 24 as far as I could see. Mm -hmm. And then my rear view mirror on the other side was backed up as well. And I, it was so far from the, the stop. And I thought to myself, ah, you know, this traffic, and I was getting so agitated. And mm -hmm. then I realized, wait a minute, there are people that don't have a car. They would love yes. to be sitting in a car. Mm -hmm. And then I thought there are people that are sitting in cars that don't have air conditioning there. And, you know, and I had to go to the bathroom really bad, which makes you a little more irritable. <laughs> and I was thinking, you know what? There are people that can't go to the bathroom and they have to wear mm -hmm. a, uh, you know, a bag. And so yeah. I started going through the list of all of the things. And, mm -hmm. and I thought, and, and I thought, you know, I'm on my way to my house and there are a lot of people who have no place to live. And mm -hmm. I started looking at it and it started changing my attitude because mm -hmm. I started being grateful for the fact that yes, I had a car. It had gas in mm -hmm. it. It had, you know, I had some place to go. So I think that that is a huge component in it. So, um, okay. So now you work with the courts. Is that right? Are they, did the, does the court appoint you to help individuals or are they required to go through your program? Well, how, the, how, how it started out working was I was going to the prison doing a AA, in, an AA meeting and I realized that most of the ladies in there didn't just have an AA, an AA problem. 
So right. again, there, there are different types of problems. There's NACADA, you know, Al-Anon, some of them wasn't in, in that at all, but they did come to the meeting. So I just decided that uh, I, when they asked me to could I come back because I got overpopulated if I would take on some more would I, would I come on another day? And I said, only if I could use the I Am Recovery curriculum, because that way we are able to address all issues. We can talk freely, you know, it's the group of women. And so we started started using that. So what happens is when we go in, I like to bring everybody into the meeting. When we open up, I ask everybody how they're feeling. They may not may or not want to answer, but it always worked because I found out if you invite everybody in, whether they correspond or not, they feel a part of it. And that's what we're here on this earth to do is to feel a part of who we are and where we are. So I started going out there. And so when the ladies had court dates, of course, they would uh, ask me to come to court date. Of course, I'd meet, you know, I'd go to the court dates. And then uh, I've been before some of the judges have released them to work on the I Am Recovery program. I got one now that I think she's coming up on three years clean. She didn't miss, a, didn't miss a beat, but it's just investing in who you are. Of course, everybody's not going to make it. I don't care what you do, but everybody has the opportunity. And if you stick with it, if you stay on that path, it's sustainable. And one thing about I Am Recovery, I'm not going anywhere. You, you, when you come in, you're branded. You're welcome to stay. You know, I don't care how many times you go out. I'm always there for you because it was people that were there for me. I love that. I love that. So whenever you're talking about the program itself, it is a program they are working on their own. They don't come and stay with you or anything like that. It's not a residential, right? No, it's not a residential. It's a, okay. I, I am the recovery educator. I, education, you know, uh, being in, informative, analytical. I saved all my paperwork. So I tell you from 20 years back when I went to treatment. And so I just took all those paperwork together, put them together. And so I have I am recovery curriculum. And that's what we work out of. It's a seven week program. But again, we work on the 12 steps. We work on anger management. We work on family issues. We work on health goals. Just anything that you got an issue on, it's in I am recovery. Because we do it. Oh, I just love that. I love that because this is what we need. Because you know as well as I do that people that struggle with substance abuse also they need to overcome so many other things mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. you know, and maybe maybe their substance abuse came from trying to cover up mm -hmm. their other addiction. You know, they were trying to cope, trying to self-medicate. Mm -hmm. And so maybe they were struggling with anxiety and they were mm -hmm. so anxious they would do, you know, mm -hmm. something to calm them down. And then it got into a, a vicious cycle. And I love that it addresses the whole person. It does. We use, you know, I'd like to use a filling wheel where we come in and ask everybody how they feeling. I also do some another uh, it, another thing with them where I ask them to write down a certain certain. We have a certain topic. And so I put them all. I ask them to write down. We tear the paper, put them all in and I let them draw them out. And somebody always pulls one out and they're able to answer that question. And you have some association of how one may be feeling in the day. So that works well, mm -hmm. too. I love that. I love that. And I love what you said about having them feel a part because mm -hmm. it is super important. It's kind of like doing highs and lows in a group. Everybody mm -hmm. participates. Somebody's got something to add. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a young girl that one of the girls that I mentor that she leads a group of girls at, at, at the church and she does the high lows and then she does the mm -hmm. buffaloes, which is just something fun. And mm -hmm. so it kind of gets them in the right stage yeah. of mind because who wants mm -hmm. to end on a low? You know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's where we want you to talk about how you're feeling, but who 
mm-hmm. wants to end on a low and it, and it makes them kind of not, t- t- it lightens the atmosphere yeah. sometimes to where that they feel apart because everybody mm-hmm. has been through something mm-hmm. or got a funny story or has some sort of, you know, way. So by you doing that feelings wheel, it's like an icebreaker mm-hmm. that gets mm-hmm. them interactive to where they put down their, their, you know, victim mentality and the, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, nobody understands me and I'm all alone to where, oh, I'm apart because everybody's going through this. Yeah. And another thing I do, too, is I try to encourage them to encourage one another. Like, you know, I used to go on Friday nights. I'd ask them during the week to have the, you know, they have their own little meeting and give me feedback on that week to lift me up that week. Tell me what they what they were doing. I mean, amazing ideas all over dreaming. And then the uh, I have a book that I uh, am being fixing to release called Sheroes. It's the life of incarcerated women breaking free of our change up. Our chain, our chains of a confinement, and so I used a couple of the ladies' stories. We have affirmations, and also asked. It was fifty-four in that book. It's fifty-four ladies' book titles. You know, you just give them something to do. Y'all could write a book. What would your title be? And there was one that has always stuck with me, and it was called "Trying to Live Sucker Free in a World of Lollipops." That that's deep, you know. But so all of them had, you know, someone was one uh, being a better me, you know, or the mom that I wasn't that I think that I can be. Just inviting them in to feel a part of, and I think that's uh, Nashville to me has been a lighthouse because they have an openness for recovery. You know, there's a lot that I'll be always be done. I don't care where you are, but the main thing I think, Maggie, if we combine together, I don't care how many halfway houses we have how many jails we have, how many resources we have. If we do not work together, we can't do it. We have got to do this thing together. And what happens in this, and I'm going on a negative boat right here. If you see somebody that you can help, lend a helping hand, just lend a helping hand. It's all it takes. It's a smile. It's an open door. You don't even have the greatest gift you can give somebody anyway is, a, is prayer. If you can just pray for somebody, yeah. you might not be able to ask a listening ear. Listen without being judgmental. Just listen without being judgmental. You know, I heard you, we need to speak some where somebody wants to listen and listen so somebody, I mean, talk where somebody wants to hear. Not always about, you know, because what people don't understand about leaders, people look to people for leadership, but the pressure that it puts on a leader. But the thing about yeah. having a leader is the leader had to follow somebody. You know, I looked to somebody years ago for all my, my Bible uh, needs and wants. And finally, the Lord spoke to me and he said, what do you think they get the answers from me? You know, it's always a resolve. <laughs> and the answer usually lies within yourself because you have the answer to, to your destiny. No two people are alike. You know, I wrote a poem that I'm going to use a clipping of. It's called I Have a Dream. And it's about people in recovery. It says, I have a dream that people in recovery can be seen, not as a homeless man under a bridge, Afro-American or a poor kid. For addiction has no street address or pay scale. It looks for anyone coming to through or headed for hell. It's not gracious, nor starts out fun. It will strip you till you won't even know your daughter or son. But see, broken crayons still color the same. So stop the stigma and call them by their name, for peace is a great game. Pray for those who come to recovery's doors, because it could be you we see no more. I have a dream, and that's my dream for recovery. Wow, that is so powerful. I hope you have that published somewhere. Do you have that published somewhere? No, just no. <laughs> you need to copyright that and you need to publish it because that's very powerful and it's very true. 
It's very, very yeah, true. It's, I think now more than ever, I see people having a greater understanding mm -hmm. that, you know, yeah, okay, so there's so much controversy on whether or not, you know, people choose to be addicts or they're born addicts and they're all mm -hmm. that. Here's the way I see it is, is that, okay, maybe the first time I used, it was my choice. Mm -hmm. But after that, once the reward system in your brain gets taken over, mm -hmm. there, it is a battle. And we need to stand one another, regardless of whether your philosophy on how it happened, we need mm -hmm. to focus on the solution. And yeah. I believe the solution is getting rid of the stigma, mm -hmm. creating an open atmosphere where people mm -hmm. uh, know that they're valued. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. and so that's why that poem is so powerful, because it's just not, you know, I can't, I, I hate it when people are like, oh, well, they're just a junkie. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. like, no, no, no. They are a broken person and you have brokenness in your life. And just because your brokenness is not showing and bleeding mm -hmm. everywhere doesn't mean you're not broken. And, you know, we're all I use the analogy of a, uh, a mosaic lamp or a mm -hmm. mosaic art that is all these broken pieces that have been put together to make something beautiful. And that's why what you said about doing it together. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so powerful about and why I, I jumped on the bandwagon to to promote the faith based initiative is because I'm like, come on, church, we are the mm -hmm. body. We got to stand Ooh. up. You mm -hmm. know, we've we got to stand up and quit relying on, you know, and I'm grateful. Don't get me wrong. I'm grateful for governmental programs and all of our brothers and sisters yeah. out there working, you know, mm -hmm. in, you know, the uh, different uh, fields of recovery, but we, the church need to do better about saying, okay, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. So what can we do to help you along to get to that next breakthrough? So you start to understand who you are and you start to want to be free. Mm -hmm. You know, freedom, freedom is, is a choice, Maggie. And um, yes. God wills everybody would be free, but if Amen. you can't go, if you can't go to a church and get help, I, I did that myself. I went to several churches and I felt like I was secluded because I was the only one that was had open addiction. You know, of course, some people want to hide it, you know, but even if they did or didn't, I went for about what was wrong with me. And I found out, you know, uh, churches are the largest denomination in the world. But yeah. yet we are the most separated, separated, separated. We must come together to help others. You know, it bothers me that we have five churches on one street and nobody can tell you what the person's name is in there. We were put here to work together. Working yes. together, working together. You know, I'm um, looking at towards leaning this little thing called the Be Better Me movement. And it's where you be the best person you can be every day. You know, smile. You know, if you got a dollar, buy, buy a cold drink and hand it to somebody outside the window. Be better than me. We got to learn to be better daily. Because if we don't, we're just we're just resolving ourselves and our need to be here on this earth too. But again, as you say about the churches, I love the lifelines. I love you know tatters. Yeah. All of those are my yeah. And what happens with all of us is we stay together. You can pick up the phone and call when you can call a number any time of day or night. It's an amazing thing. But I won't take the credit from Nashville. They're willing to listen. We just got work to do as a whole. Not your your center, my center. Uh, your space, my space, but ours together to help others come in. Oh, so true. So true. I absolutely love the people in the recovery movement and they've been a great support to me dealing with own issues within my family. And I, I just, I know it's camaraderie. 
And I know that the reason that recovery groups like NAAA, Al-Anon, Celebrate Recovery, uh, Freedom in Christ, all the different ones, you know, Reformers Anonymous, and the list goes on and on. There's so many out there. Double trouble. (laughs) Yeah. The reason that these have worked over the years is because of community and we heal in community. God did not create us Mm -hmm. to be separate. You know, Mm -hmm. he even had his his, his 12, you know, so I, I, Mm -hmm. we have got to know that regardless of the circumstances, just because someone else is struggling in a different area pain is the same and they need to get help and Mm -hmm. they won't do it unless we say it's you know you're welcome you know come yeah you know, go, mm-hmm. you know, let's, how can we mm-hmm. help you? What is next? What's your next step? Okay. You've mm-hmm. got this, this, and this, let's make a plan. And, and because they, I have found people, especially like right now I'm dealing with someone in very progressed long-term and their perception mm-hmm. is so like this, you know, it's like, is it seems like they can never be reached. Now I know mm-hmm. if not for the grace of God, there go I, I know that this person yes. can it's in that meantime. So if someone mm-hmm. is watching this, Tawanda, and they love someone who is hurting and they don't know what to do, what would you say to that person? My go-to is going to be first pray for understanding, pray for them. But most preaching, there are too many numbers now. We got the red line. We have your neighbor down the street. Just ask. You cannot sit without the question. That's what kept me in recovery so long was, I mean, in addiction so long, was the fact of not wanting to ask for help, trying to do it on my own. You can't do it on your own. We're not in this world by ourselves and we have to reach out. And if you get a note from somebody, keep going, keep going. You know, if you go to the grocery store, they don't have what you want. You're going to drive to the next one. Keep going until you get it. Keep driving until you get it. Mm -hmm. That is great. I love that. And if I was to ask you to leave the audience with a key, uh, what would that key be? Oh, I got a good key for y'all. Y'all might have to get a key ring for this one. Oh, come on, girl. That's all about key rings. (laughs) Be who you, every day, be who you are. Do not be a copy of an original. Oh, come on. That's so good. Say it again. Do not be a copy of an original. Everybody has value. Be your own self. Do not copy yourself from anybody else. Paste your own value on your own day. Do not be a copy of an original. That's really good. Now, Tawanda, uh, you're, you're on social media. How can people follow you? Uh, Tawanda Murray is my name. You can go to that page. or you, I got a new writer's blog where I'm writing my poetry called Chatties. You can go to there or my uh, I Am Recovery uh, is uh, also on there. So I have three. It takes three for me. <laughs> it takes three. Yeah. <laughs> I well, love I that. Found, if not to ask somebody, where's, where's Tawanda? Because she's somewhere striving for recovery. <laughs> I love that. And you are on the go. I see you all over the place. And I'm so grateful for the work that you do. And most of all, for for your approach of um, uh, letting people know, hey, I am, I am here, you mm-hmm. know, and, 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 and if I can do this, you can too. And you're going to get through this. So mm-hmm. I absolutely love. Now, is the I am uh, recovery uh, curriculum, is it for, is that something that other people can duplicate? Can they like, you know, uh, train no, under you? You, uh, you can, you can purchase it. It's going to be in uh, Tatus next, on next week. I'm running some copies off. I'm going to leave here, put some, I'll put some in Tatus or you can reach out to me per email and get the curriculum. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Because to me, it sounds like a wonderful curriculum to use because it's taking the whole person and it's mm -hmm. not it's not going to keep you stuck with just dealing with your alcohol or your drug mm -hmm. or your mm -hmm. porn or your shopping or your food or any right. of the other things is mm -hmm. getting to the root. And when we get to yes. the root, we're going to see a difference in the fruit mm -hmm. that we bear. That's all there yes. is to it. And mm -hmm. and doing the inner work and inner work is not easy, but it's worth mm -hmm. it. So if you're watching this right. broadcast and you do need help, please reach out because help is available. And but you've got to want to do it, and you and no one else can do it for you. And right. uh, you know, I was thinking the other day, I was watching The Chosen a couple of weeks ago. I love, love, love this show. And mm -hmm. the guy at the pool of Bethesda was laying there, you know, and his whole thing was, I don't have anybody to do this for me, mm -hmm. I don't have anybody to help me. And 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 you know, faith is action. You've got to take that, mm -hmm. you gotta make that call, you gotta step into that meeting, you gotta look in that mirror and say, Okay, I am worth it. God doesn't create mm -hmm. junk. My life has value. It may be jacked up right now, but by golly, mm -hmm. I'm going to get out of this mess. So I encourage you guys reach out to Tawanda, follow her, follow the curriculum that she's using and be aware that you are not alone. Tawanda, thank you so much. We could talk for hours about this topic. I know we could. So yeah. thank you so much for being on here today. Thank you for having me, Megan. Well, I want to say God bless you for all you do for us as well. Oh, thank you so much. I, I just, I have a mouth. I just want to be a vessel. So I'm, I'm just out here running it for Jesus. What we can't do apart, we can do together. And that's where we stand today. We're going to do this. We got this. Amen. Amen. Yes. I am so grateful. And listen, y'all can catch her at uh, your email. Give them your email address too, honey, if they want to send a private message to you. Okay. It's T-A-W-A-N-D-A dot I am recovery at gmail.com. That's Tawanda recovery at gmail.com. And if you are watching this on social media, make sure that you like it, share it, get into the hands of someone that needs to hear it. Uh, it mm -hmm. is put it all over the place because people need to know we do recover. Okay. Yes. And her I am recovery program works and um, mm -hmm. there is people that care and understand. So God bless you, sister. Thank you so much. Stay on the line. Thank I want you. to talk to you afterwards. Everybody else. We'll mm -hmm. see you here next time on keys to your best life. Bye.